Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Connect with me, Bishop Tim Daly, and my friend and co-host, Dr. John Del Jose. Our goal for these podcasts is to support and encourage all of you who are on the front lines, faithfully fulfilling the great commandment by loving God and others and the great commission through the multiplication of disciples. We want to honor all of you faithful leaders and bring some practical, biblical insight to assist you with your personal walk and ministry. Dr. John will be sharing with us both biblical and historical teaching and show us how each topic relates to our everyday lives and ministries. We pray that you will be deeply challenged and richly blessed by the time that we share together on Connect. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Please subscribe to the program on one of the podcast platforms and turn on your notifications so that you will see when a new episode is released. We are releasing two new episodes each month, so please keep us in your prayers and invite your friends and your family to join us. Okay, Dr. John, let's pray and jump right into our topic for today. So why don't you lead us as we get started. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for a new year and the opportunity to pause and listen. And we invite the leading of your spirit um, to guide your church. This is your church. Uh, we, We seek to hear you and to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, 16 years ago, God gave the LCC leadership a very clear vision and strategy for this ministry, and it has not changed over time. We have faithfully stayed the course that God set before us. We were called to fulfill the great commandment by loving God and others, and the great commission through the multiplication of disciples. Our strategy is pretty simple, and uh, we our strategy is what helps us to fulfill the vision that God's put before us. Without strategy, a vision is just hot air. So God also gave us the strategy, and it's simple. It's Jesus' plan, and it's when, when people connect them to the body of Christ, train them, uh, raise them up, disciple them, and then send them out to do the same thing and multiply disciples. And it's interesting how there are so many things that come up each year that can distract us and lead us off course. They do not have to be bad things, but just things that will divert us from what we are specifically called to do. The enemy loves it when God's people get involved in everything but what God has called them to do. Therefore, each year at LCC Global, our leadership seeks the Lord for a theme that will guide us through the coming new year. This theme helps us as a body to stay tuned in to our focus and our vision clearly before us. So the theme for 2021 was faith-filled and focused. And it is amazing how every year 
The theme that God gives us is so relevant to the season we are in as a church and the challenges we are facing in our world. That theme was so important as we navigated through the challenges of a global pandemic and all the other challenges we faced as a people of God. So the theme that God has given LCC for 2022 is Abide and Obey. And our key scripture passage is found in John 15, verses 4 through 11. And we believe that the only way we will continue to fulfill God's vision for us is for us to abide and obey. So, Dr. John, I want you to talk to us about our theme a little bit and kind of get us fired up. Uh, Pastor Allen spoke on this theme at the New Year's Eve celebration. And so we're going to follow up behind him and we're going to kind of get us excited about this or at least understanding what this means for us. So I have some questions for you. What does it mean to abide in Christ? And then I'll just put the other one out there. How do we do that? Yeah, I, uh, I so appreciate Pastor Allen's teaching ministry, and uh, it's a privilege to reflect a little bit more on uh, this wonderful theme yeah. that as a church we're going to be coming back to over and over again. Right. Um, the verb to abide in Greek is meno, and it can also mean to remain, mm. and it is expressed in the language of friendship and fellowship. And so at the very beginning of the gospel, we're told that Jesus is unique among all human beings because prior to creation, he was beside the Father. And then at the end of the opening of John's gospel, it says that uh, he rested against the literally the, the chest, the kalpos of the Father. And so that language there is actually the language of a meal. Uh, in the ancient world, mm. um, people wouldn't sit in chairs, but they right. would recline on couches. And so the imagery there is, is the son at the right hand of the father, but also resting against the chest of the father, which is a place of intimacy, love, friendship, and John doesn't introduce himself into his own story until towards the end, uh, just before our uh, verse in John 15 that we're meditating on this year, mm -hmm. where we're told that the disciple whom Jesus loved was resting against Jesus's kalpas or chest. Right, right. And so, you know, John wants us to see him as the one who is intimate friends uh, with Jesus. And I don't think he's saying that in an exclusive way, but rather saying, if you have the faith that I have, then you are also invited to rest against the chest of Jesus. Because with God, God is infinite. And so there's plenty of room, <laughs> right? We all, we all get to rest against uh, the chest of God. Um, while, you know, not necessarily being superior to, or not being superior to every, every, anyone else. And so that's the language of friendship. And um, the idea there is when you are resting against the chest of Jesus, 
um, Jesus in that passage says, if you are my friends, right, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll do what I tell you to do. Exactly. Right. Which is to basically do what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> you know, I just wash the feet, your feet. And so I'm calling you to a life of service, but I'm really calling you to a life uh, of, of mutual love, right? And, and care for one another. And um, the, the imagery of obedience and how that relates to abiding just makes perfect sense because, you know, we're at Jesus's party. Right. It's his rules. Right, right. <laughs> you, know? you know, and I think that's the point is he's saying, you know what, you're welcome to abide with me, but realize that there's a certain way that this party is going to work. And, and the way that this party is going to work is we're going to wash each other's feet and we're going to serve one another so that one is not superior over uh, another. So he talks here about abide in me and I in you. This is Jesus' words. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Mm. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing, yeah. So how is this abiding lived out? Yeah. Because that's what they're going to ask us. Absolutely. And, you know, just before he shared that, he predicted the coming of the Holy Spirit. Yep. right? The paraclete, the comforter. And I don't think it's accidental that he uses the language of fruit, Mm. karpos in Greek. It's the same word that Paul uses in Galatians Mm. when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Correct. So I think he moves to the metaphor of vine and branches Mm -hmm. as a way of saying that, in a sense, the Holy Spirit is channeled through our relationship with Jesus. Mm. So we're the bride, he's the groom, Right. we are united to him mm. through faith, but what comes out of that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit actualizes that union, mm. meaning, you know, the Holy Spirit did not become flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, but the role or the primary function of the Spirit is connectivity. Yeah. To connect us to one another and to connect us in, in God. And Jesus had just said, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, so also is the Father and the Son, as the Spirit dwells in you, the full Trinitarian presence of God is going to be dwelling in you, and you mm-hmm. will be dwelling in God. And so it, it, it really isn't that abstract or difficult when we are experiencing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. That's the effect of resting against the chest of Jesus. Mm. (laughs) And we can discern that um, at any moment and in any given situation. You know, am I I tasting the flesh here? Am I experiencing um, separation? Mm. Now, the thing is, is nothing can separate us from Christ. But what we can do is believe a lie that we are separated from Christ. Right. And then we begin to operate out of that, right? We start operating out of insecurities and fears and sin, the flesh. Um, but we can always return and we can always become aware of the spirit working within us. And I think that's just a really 
simple way to kind of get re-centered in Christ, which is to open ourselves to, all right, I, I, I want to become sensitized to the leading of the Spirit in this situation. And, and whenever I experience this love or this joy or this peace mm. that is supernatural, then I know I'm in the right place. Mm. So you talked about nothing can separate us. Then in this passage, uh, this will be a one that people would wonder. It says that every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So how is that? Is that just suggesting that we're losing this relationship? We're being taken out of this? What, what is it saying? <laughs> well, I, I'm going to, before I give my, my view, uh, I want to acknowledge, you know, that there will be different theological positions <laughs> that are going to come up in this conversation. And there's room in the tent at LCC for, you know, right. multiple perspectives on this. But, and I'm not asking for everybody else's opinion. But, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually pretty confident about my interpretation. There you go. Good. Yeah. So if you look at the context of John 15. Yes. Peter... And Judas are the primary characters, uh, along with Jesus and the disciple whom Jesus loved. And yeah. so uh, John, in many ways, embodies kind of the perfect disciple. You know, he, he never leaves Jesus. Right. You know, he, right. he, he, he's even, because he knows the high priest, he's even in the, the room when Jesus is on, on trial and then he's there at the foot of the cross to receive right. Mary. So, right. so he's the one that just abides, 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 abides. Judas, however, mm. right, filled with Satan, yep. goes out into the darkness. And here we have to use some theology. Um, in 1 John, when John is talking about apostasy and how there were people who left his church mm -hmm. and they followed um, some heresy, unfortunately. He says in 1 John that they were never really among us because mm. if they were among us, if mm. they were truly united to Christ, then they could not have left in the way that they did. Right. And so I would say that um, Judas, when it talks about a branch being removed, that that literally happened with Judas. Mm -hmm. And if you read John's gospel, he was stealing even before this moment. I don't see any evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in Judas's life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a theological issue there because in Matthew's gospel, it says that he metanoeoed at the end of his life, which could be translated as repenting. Um, that's an interesting verse, but I would say that the bulk of the, what the Bible has to say about Judas is I personally think he was non-regenerate. Now, when it comes to pruning, I think that's exactly what Jesus is doing with Peter. Mm. Because Peter will be restored. And, and that's how John's gospel ends in chapter 21, where Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? You know, what's interesting there is there's two Greek words going on, um, agapao versus phileo. Right. And agapao is the word from agape, which is sort of this selfless love, whereas phileo is the love of friendship. Right. And Peter keeps responding, yes, I'm a phileo, I phileo you, I'm your friend, I'm your friend. And Jesus is like, do you agapo me? Do you agapo me? And, but then finally Jesus turns to Peter and he says, do you phileo me? 
Are yeah. you my friend? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Because friends don't leave friends. Right. You know, um, you're you're attacking John over here, but John was at the cross. I didn't see you there, Peter. Right. But but Jesus is merciful, and 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 Peter is restored. And I would say that through that season of unfaithfulness, and we all go through those seasons, um, God did not take his hand off of Peter, right? God had his hand on uh, Peter and didn't let go, and, 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 and he was pruned through that process and ended up actually becoming what his namesake was, which is a rock, but he certainly wasn't a rock up until that point. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so when we're thinking of abiding, what happens to the believer that is not abiding in Christ? Yeah, well, again, I'm going to be using some theology here. So I would say that when we talk about abiding, we are talking about an objective reality, and we don't earn it. Right. Right? When we are united to Christ, that is God's gracious work of recreation in response to faith. And we can get into a conversation maybe in another podcast about the origins of faith and all that, but it is not a human work. It, it is, it, it's God graciously recreating us from the inside out. And so we don't earn union with Christ, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's given to us. So where I think it becomes complex is when we start talking about what I would call the subjective appropriation of that objective reality, because there's a lot of people who are potentially united to Christ, but there's no fruit of the Spirit in their life. Right. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not saturating them. It's not connecting with them. And unfortunately, they are very much in the flesh and mm. in this old mode of acting and in old, this old mode of thinking. It, it's like a gift under the Christmas tree that they just don't unwrap. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I would say that if someone calls himself a Christian and yet is not abiding with Christ, then I would say that that's very sad. Mm -hmm. That's very sad because they are not benefiting at all (laughs) from the gift of union with Christ. And and, and that's tragic because, you know, that means that they will um, suffer from foolishness. uh, They will suffer from the flesh. They may end up dying you know, because of disobedience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing I would say, and, and again, I'm not judge, Jesus is judge, but boy, I don't want to be that fool that stands before Jesus someday. And I say, oh, I did all these things in your name. And then Jesus looks at me and says, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, right, because right. I never knew you. Correct. Yeah. I never knew you. And and so I would want to be gentle with this, but if a person, if a Christian or a so-called Christian is not abiding with Christ, I think it's a genuine question for them to sit with. Am I closer to a Judas than a Peter here? Meaning, am I regenerate? And um, and, and I, I think at, at some point we all have to ask that question and and we have to open ourselves to whatever repentance the Holy Spirit wants to bring about. Mm. Meaning, I think if a person honestly asks that question, I believe the Holy Spirit will convict them and lead them in the right way of repentance. But they may need to do that. Yeah, that's good. 
In John, uh, this year I said our theme is abide and obey. And uh, I think personally they go together. And in this passage too, he says, As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So keeping my commandments, that's basically obeying. Um, how do you see these, the, that they're connected, obey and abiding? Yeah, I think they go hand in hand. Right. Because the, the verb to obey is apakuo, which is derived from the noun akoe, which means hearing. Hmm. So, and, and that's also true in Hebrew. Um, the word Shema, right, which is the name of the famous prayer in Deuteronomy 6 4, literally means hear, hear, O Israel. Mm. And the thing is, is unless you are abiding, and in that regard, it means stopping, stepping out of our everyday life, acknowledging these distractions that you talked about, mm-hmm. and giving the Lord, all our attention over a period of time. Yeah. That's what it means to abide. Is, is, and so we really cannot obey God unless we're listening. Yes. Right? And so what are the preconditions, you know, in, for obedience? Um, because we're in the new covenant. It's not a bunch of commandments we're following. Exactly. Right? Exactly. No, it, it's really becoming responsive to the love that God has already poured into our heart and being responsive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to express that love in right. the appropriate context, which means that every Christian needs to be a contemplative. Yes. Right? Uh, I, I, so I think that's the way that those things go together. But I also I'd add is in the Greco-Roman world, you could have a friend who's also your master. Mm. I mean, both those things go together. You know, Jesus is our friend, but it's not like your bud. You yeah. know, yeah, there's an authority there right. that we acknowledge, you right. know, and, and if anything, it's humbling. It's saying, my, my goodness, the Lord of the universe is inviting me into this intimate friendship. You know, I'm at a party and he's inviting me to come all the way up to the head and rest against him. What an right. honor that is. Yes. Why would I spit in his face? Right with a life that was anything less than faithful, you Amen. know, I think is is something that we all just need to sit with. Yeah, for sure. And he's saying here, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So we'll be obedient. Basically, I'm saying, um, and you, if I'm abiding in his love, then this flows out of that. I I think that if we're trying to obey without abiding. We're basically legalists. Amen. Yeah. If we are, if our, if our obedience is flowing out of an abiding love relationship, like you said, because we don't have the, we're not under the law, but there's so many as so many times as Christians. I know when I first started out as a believer, I was in a very legalistic type of a denomination that. It was almost like if you do these things, you're really spiritual. If you do these and you don't do these, you're real spiritual. And I got really good at the list, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a good heart. Mm -hmm. And so I was obeying out of legalism and fear of disappointing somebody, 
not because I could actually say I was definitely deeply in love with Jesus. Yeah. And when I love somebody, I don't have any problem obeying them. Right. You know? So I, I think that's so important as we think about these this year, folks, that uh, that obedience has to come out of the, the love. Uh, then we're going to do what God wants us to do. Yeah, I, I love how you put that. Amen. So how do, what would you, word of encouragement would you give us as we seek to walk out what God has called us to this year, you know, um, this abiding and obeying? Uh, how would you wrap this all up and encourage us, son, um, on doing this this year and sticking, you know, again, these are not, we don't change our vision every year. We, mm-hmm. These are just guiding principles that keep us on course. And that's our prayer. Otherwise, it's so easy to get lost in everything because we have so many things being thrown at us all mm-hmm. the time. So h- how would you say these, you know, how would you encourage us in these things? Yeah, you know, I when I was holding that before the Lord, I just felt an invitation to say something very, very simple, which is maybe nothing more than, I mean, nobody's going to have a hard time accepting the invitation to obey. It may not mean that we'll obey, you right. know, but nobody's going to give you a hard time about, you know, oh, you're a pastor, so you're telling me to, to obey, obey, right? Yeah. Or or you're a pastor, so you better obey. Yeah, nobody's right. arguing about that. Right. You know, the, the the tradition that you came out of that was sort of legalistic, there was no argument about that at all. So the very simple encouragement is to remember that abiding is prior to obeying. Yeah. Instead good. of getting the ox before the cart, right? Just, yeah. you know, yes, yes. And you, you'll probably beat yourself up because you were not as obedient as you wanted to be that day. Yes. But... In grace and, and, and really in awareness of the Lord's mercy, just return to the invitation to rest against his chest. It's just that simple. Just there's, there's, there's a place there for you to rest in the blood of Jesus. He's our Passover lamb. He mm-hmm. has paid the price for yeah. our sin. There's space for us to fail. Peter failed. And yet there's that invitation to, to not even attempt to do anything apart from him. Yeah. But first, just to rest. That's, right. that's the word I feel like I was given. That's good, John. And when you said that, it just hit me. It's really like we're not working to obey when we're abiding. Right. It's not a work. It's just a, a fruit. It flows out of that. It's a Sabbath, really. Exactly. And, and you Sabbath in order to work, <laughs> meaning you, you get restored in the Sabbath, right? So you can wake up Monday morning and, and, and do your work. Yeah. So, Well, you think about it, you know, if you're doing something that you just hate, it's a <laughs> drudge. Yeah. It's terrible. But when you're, when you really love something, you can't wait to get up and do it, do mm-hmm. something. But in Christ, when we really love him, then that whole idea of obeying him is really not an issue. It's not that difficult when we're it's flowing out of our heart relationship so yeah that abiding is so so important that resting in on him and allowing the holy spirit to work through it, it's the fruit of the spirit not the work of the spirit or our, our, i'm not the work of the flesh it's the fruit of the spirit his fruit being seen in us
Yeah, I, would, I agree. The reason people burn out in ministry is not usually because of one thing. It's a thousand moments of forgetting. Boy, that's good. That is so good. Well, Father, we just want to thank you for a fresh theme for this year. And Lord, how you guided us last year with uh, the theme that you gave us is so amazing. I look back and I just go, thank you, Lord. You knew, definitely you know ahead of time. And so I get so excited and our people at LCC get so excited on December 31st to be able to hear what uh, theme you have for us, Lord. And we rejoice in it, we grab a hold of it, and we seek to, to let that be lived out in our lives, Lord. So I just pray as we move through this year that we will abide in you and as a result of that that we'll walk in obedience to your will in our lives lord that we'll be faithful people to fulfill the vision that you have for us lord and that we will uh, be a people that will see great harvest this year lord as we deal with pandemic stuff still and challenges in our families our jobs our world that we live in. But Lord, we can abide in you. We can rest in you. We can remain at your breast, Lord. And we can know that uh, you're going to bring us through this time, Lord. And we're going to be more than conquerors through Christ. So thank you, Lord, for uh, this word. And we thank you for our time together with these precious people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, Dr. John, and <clears throat> thank you to all of you who have tuned in today to Season 2, Episode 7 of Connect. If you have any questions or comments, you can write Dr. John at jdelhousay, J-D-E-L-H-O-U-S-A-Y-E, at gmail.com, or you can reach me at twdaily, that's D-A-I-L-E-Y, at lccoate.com. We look forward to the next time that Dr. John and I have the privilege of sharing some biblical truth and personal ministry insight to assist us with our day-to-day -day journey in the Lord. We love you, and we can't wait until we have the privilege of meeting with you again on Connect. God bless. God bless.